0: Did you know that 97% of women don't get enough vitamin D from their diet? Yes, facts. That's where today's partner ritual comes in. Spring in Chicago can be cold and cloudy and I haven't seen the sun for a few weeks. I take rituals essential for women 18 plus every morning because it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. It's a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking your multis actually enjoyable. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Visit ritual.com slash sober mom for 25% off. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I love to work out and do yoga. With that, though, come sore muscles and some aches and pains. That's why I'm excited to partner with Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDa is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains, and it's also great for sleep and anxiety. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. Tanasi is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T A N A S I dot com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and The Sober Mom Life on Instagram. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. Maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey, and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, it's another Friday. It's almost the weekend. So that is just in time. We have a real sober mom chat for you. I chat with Kate today. I think this might be the longest chat yet. Kate and I just could not stop talking about alcohol and sobriety. I love this chat so much. She is, if anyone listening, she's into Enneagrams and I have not taken mine yet. I feel like I need to go do that right now. She's into them. She's the type A perfectionist and First of all, I, I of course, I love hearing people's sobriety stories, but the drinking stories are also very interesting to me because Kate is like, she looks like she has her whole life together. She's got it all together. And then she's telling me about the time she got kicked out of a bar. And it's just like, I just love it so much. It's so real. It's so relatable for anyone who, I mean, yeah, when you drink alcohol, you guys, shit happens. Okay shit that wouldn't normally happen. That's what happens. So I love this conversation. Kate has been sober for five years. She's an inspiration to me. I know she will inspire you. And I I just, I love it so much. Also, don't forget to go join the Sober Mom Life Facebook group. That's where I'm finding all of these mamas. We connect on there every day, all day, throughout the day. They are sharing tips and tricks and inspo and questions and support and just all the great sober and sober curious stuff. Also, if you are loving the show, please follow it wherever you listen, rate and review it, share it with some friends, some sober curious moms, and then come and follow me on Instagram at Sober Mom Life and tell me, tell me about yourself. Let's go chat. Come and connect with me over there. Okay. I know you will love this episode with Kate. Okay, we continue. I still don't know what I'm calling this. Is it the real moms sober chats? Like, yeah, maybe a play on Real Housewives, since you love them so. Much. Wait a second. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I have Kate here, and she just gave me the best idea. Um, I love that. Like yeah. the real. Okay. Okay, we're gonna do that.
1: It's totally my guilty pleasure, too. Like, I I think to myself when I'm watching, my my husband says, I actually can hear you getting dumber when you're
0: watching. (laughs) But, I mean, I can't help it. It's just a train wreck. You can't help but watch. It is what I escape to now. Like, I don't need alcohol. I have the Real Housewives. (laughs) Also, you watch those ladies. I, I don't. You never want to drink again, like especially when New York is on. Oh, it's no. just like they are the biggest shit show. Oh my God. It's so bad. And the, and Luann with all of her
1: drinking and stuff. Oh like, my God. I rode that forever. I thought, oh girl, you are headed down such a bad path.
0: So bad. And yeah. like Dorinda, like Dorinda makes it nice until, until she gets, God. she gets she one is. drink in her. Oh my God. And she's just evil. But she's the best to watch. I just love her. She's the best. And that's the thing it's it is a train wreck, and my husband watches it with me, so its so fun. he does oh my, oh my God, he loves it. Okay, we are not here to talk about the real housewives because I could go on and on and on right actually, I want to. now I, I want know, to do that. okay, so tell us a little bit about you first, and then we'll get into your drinking story.
1: yeah, okay, so um, I am a mom of four. I have five oh, wow. girls and a boy um i'm forty eight so about to hit that five. You look
0: amazing. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. you just made my day. You do.
1: I'm a nurse, so currently okay. I'm working as a school nurse, which is actually like the best job I've ever had because it's part time and it's amazing, and it's at my son's school, and so I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, I have three sisters that I'm super close to. Really great family, and um, I'm five years sober. Uh,
0: Celebrated. That's amazing. I know. That's amazing. That's an inspiration.
1: Thank you. You know, I really. You know, of course, the first year was, um, you know, a huge milestone, and it was amazing. Um, And then every subsequent year, of course, you feel good. But for some reason, this five years just it it really hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I never thought I'd be five years sober. So it's crazy to actually be there.
0: That's incredible. 5 years. Okay, so let's go back. Let's talk about your relationship with alcohol. What was that like? Really
1: unhealthy. I mean, it didn't start out unhealthy. I mean, it was I think I drank pretty much like everybody else I knew um for certainly I didn't drink a ton in high school, but you know, I dabbled here and there. College, I felt like I drank like everybody else, went to a big football school, you know, um, did the sorority thing. My husband was in a fraternity. He loved to party. I mean, we had a great time. Yeah. I didn't look around and think, oh, this is going to go, you know, haywire. Right. You know, I feel like in our early twenties, certainly drank like everybody else around me motherhood. I had my first, so my oldest is 23. And so I have her young. I was 24 when I had her. Okay. We got married really young. So we got married at 21 and 22, which if, oh God, thank God my girls are not quite there yet, but I mean, ready to get married. They are past 21 and 22. My, I have 23, 21, 15, and 13. So I've got a big spread. Same husband. Everybody's yeah. right. like, <laughs> oh, <they're>, no, same <laughs> God's plan was a little different than mine. But anyway, so it was pretty, I think, pretty normal, normal, Mm -hmm. up until motherhood, I would say. I stayed home with her, so that was my first time being a stay-at-home mom, and I was lonely, and I was um, bored, quite frankly, and... I had all of those weird things that nobody tells you about. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to be so in love with your baby, and it's going to be okay. the greatest thing ever. And I was like, okay, I love her very mm-hmm. much, but like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It just wasn't exactly what I thought. It, yeah. yeah, totally. So yes. during that time, I would say I was definitely that five o'clock, you know, pour a glass of wine or open a beer. My husband and I love sports. So we would. You know, whatever was on hockey or football or basketball, whatever we would just, you know, we would have drinks and we would reconnect after a long day, and you know, get the kids to bed, and you know, just kind of have that time together. And so that was manageable, seemingly. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary. Certainly had girls' nights, book clubs, things like that, where it was a little bit more wheels off because I didn't have the responsibility of putting the kids to bed or things Mm -hmm. like that. I would say probably around thirty. I sort of started to question it. I was like drinking every day and I, I wasn't getting drunk every time I drank, but the binging on the weekends was getting a little bit out of control in the sense that I would just wake up feeling so terrible, physically terrible. Mm-hmm. And you know as I got older, those hangovers got worse and worse. Yeah, And then my sister and I had a conversation. It was one of those where, you know, you're just chit-chatting on the phone. You're not really expecting to have this really like bombshell type conversation. But we had a conversation. I was probably in my mid thirties. She's a few years younger than me. And she and her husband had gotten sober. He had had some, some issues with some prescription medication and alcohol And really, you know, she recognized that she had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. So I started asking her a lot of questions, which I'm sure, as you know, being sober now, as soon as you get sober, like everybody starts asking you questions. And they're usually the people that are questioning their own relationship.
0: Right. And you could tell it's kind of like, well, wait a second. What does this mean about my drinking?
1: Exactly. So I started asking her a lot of questions and I started really confiding in her that, You know, I was just feeling these horrendous amounts of shame. And I think the shame was around not intending to drink so much, Mm -hmm. even sometimes being really conscious that, Hey, we're going to go out tonight or we have a party or we have this or that, but I'm not, I'm just going to have two or three glasses of wine tops, you know, that's it. And you get two or three glasses of wine in me and I'm going straight for six. Like it's (laughs) just, it goes like zero to 60 in a heartbeat and so she, you know, shared with me. She's like, "Yeah, that's how I drank," you know. I was like, "Really? I didn't know that." And so we started having this really kind of open dialogue about it. And it was helpful to know that she understood what I was kind of facing. Yeah, I was in no way ready to quit drinking. By the way, mm-hmm. I just wanted to drink like everybody else, you know. Yeah, so that was probably like my mid thirties ish, and then towards my late thirties. there just were so many instances. And I actually (laughs) kept a list of them on my phone because I would wake up the next day full of shame and regret. I would feel like, why did this happen again? I don't understand. And so I started kind of keeping a list and girl, that list is so ridiculous. I still have it. Do you still have it? Oh, wow. I still have it because Anytime I want to drink, I just go back and look at that list. And immediately, it's like when you hear a song and it takes you straight back to where you are. Totally, yeah. And so I look at that list and I'm like, oh, and I can just feel those feelings of what that felt like. And it's just, it's so,
0: it's just nauseating. It's so awful. And that's so interesting that you made the list... At the time, Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I I don't think I was even like letting myself really look at what alcohol did Mm -hmm. and what I did under its influence until I stopped. And then when I opened that door, then I was like, oh, my God. So that is interesting. You were like no, I, I see what's going on. And and so right. the wheels were definitely turning.
1: Well, yeah, the wheels were turning. And I, I'm such a kind of a typical, you know, type A first child, you know, mm-hmm. um, person. I'm very goal oriented and driven. And I could not for the life of me figure out why I couldn't get this thing under control. Like mm-hmm. I can do anything I put my mind to. I've run marathons and half marathons. I've raised these amazing kids. I have this great marriage. I have a strong faith life. Like I have all these amazing things going for me yeah. and I could not figure this shit out mm-hmm. and it was making me crazy. And so after I got sober, I went back and I started looking, I was trying to figure out like, where did it go off the rails? Cause I clearly mm-hmm. knew that my relationship with alcohol was not I don't know if the right word is healthy, but it was it was definitely questionable. I just didn't know exactly what had happened and I think that you know we would go out it was mostly binge drinking at that point on the weekends, have people over cook out, lay by the pool, you know, all this stuff that seemed so normal. yeah, but it it became really unpredictable for me, and that was big because I remember at one point we were, we had an event to go to for my husband's work. And, you know, I was like, maybe this is so stupid. Maybe if I take a Sharpie and I just like write a number on my hand, like four, then when I've hit four glasses of wine, I'll remember to stop, right? It right. never occurred to me to stop. I mean, I would be out with my girlfriends and they'd be have a few glasses and then they'd have a glass of water or they'd be like, oh, I'm good. I'm going to have a coffee.
0: You know, no, never. Happened to me. Never. Right. Right. Because the, the, you who was making those decisions mm-hmm. of like, I'm just going to have two, I'm just going to have max four. Like the alcohol just totally took over your brain. Like that—that that was no longer you. Then, right? Who was going to moderate? Moderate in quotes, whatever that means. Right, right. You know, I think that as I got
1: older, when I when I was a kid and a teenager, and probably a young adult, I think I really thought that I was an extrovert. You know, I I love to be around people. I. I love to be the life of the party. Everybody wanted Kate. I mean, some of my husband's fraternity brothers used to call me wedding Kate because we'd go to weddings and I'd get so wasted. It was <laughs> fun. I mean, it was so much fun. Everybody wanted to hang out with me. And, you know, yeah. now that's like, oh, it just hurts to even think about that. But at the time, all oh, well, the guys love to hang out with me, you know, mm-hmm. but as I got older, I think what I realized is that I'm really, really an introvert at heart. I think I masked a lot of it with alcohol. It helped, mm-hmm. you know, it lubricated everything. It made everything easier. It made it easier to talk. I thought it was really funny. I thought yeah, I was you really... just
0: cared less, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Totally. I definitely recognized that my relationship, it, it was something different than what other people were experiencing. Mm-hmm. I think when I look back now, I think when it sort of went kind of off the rails and I wasn't really aware of it at the time that my son, who's our youngest and our only boy, was diagnosed with autism when he was three. Okay. And I knew something was off. I, mm-hmm. I, I knew something was off with him, but he was so adorable and he was so social and he he was not meeting milestones, but I, I thought, oh, he's a boy. I don't know anything about boys. I have three girls, you know? So yeah. So when we got that diagnosis, it was so devastating and it was, it was just heartbreaking to be honest. And I didn't know, I was so full of fear, just fear. What does this mean for him, for his whole life? What does this mean for us? You know, how could we do this to our other kids? You know, we had three other kids that were things just going and blowing. And now we have a special needs child. Like it was just, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. So I know, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional, but no, was of
0: course,
1: painful time. yeah, but what I noticed at that time, I didn't, well, I didn't notice it at the time, but looking back, what I can see is that three things happened. Number one, I don't know if you know anything about Enneagram or anything like that. I but
0: have not taken mine yet. Oh so girl, you've got to, you've you got to do it. I know. Why haven't, okay, I got to do it.
1: Yeah. I have a girlfriend that's an Enneagram coach and she's amazing, but Anyway, um, I'm six. So in in stress, you go to three and three is like, get her done. Like, I'm going to get this shit done and handled. Okay. And so when that happened, I was like, all hands on deck. This is not taking my kid. This is not taking my family. We're going to figure this out. And it was like therapy, therapy. I mean, it was just like blinders. Like I'm figuring this out. Yeah. Great. That's great for that particular situation. But- then in order to deal with stress, I became hyper, hyper focused on exercise. So I was on my elliptical or out running, you know, over an hour a day, lost a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. And and I, I thought that was a good thing because it was helping me relieve my stress. And, and it was, except that I liked the weight loss and I also liked my wine. And so... <laughs> Yeah. What was happening is I'd be counting those calories, but I would be like saving, you know, however many needed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I, at that time, I think I definitely started to drink more to soften the edges, to sleep. I wanted to be able to sleep. I wanted yeah. to be able to be a good mom, which is ridiculous now. But, you know, I wanted to be relaxed and all of this. Yeah. That's kind of where it took me. And he's 13 now and he's doing great and, and you know, we're, everything's wonderful. Oh, good. But those patterns of behavior just sort of continued. And so mm-hmm. I took a few stabs at sobriety after, you know, certain events that would happen. The first time that I thought Shh, there's something like really right, like I, I got to go get some help. We had been out for a friend's birthday, had a great time. We were all at a bar dancing, yada, yada. And I got kicked out of the
0: bar. Okay.
1: I don't remember getting kicked out of the bar. Yeah. But I got kicked out of the bar. And my husband was furious, rightly. I mean, he was furious. He was like, that's so embarrassing, you know? Yeah. And we had a huge fight when we got home. Again, don't really remember that too much. But the next morning when I woke up, I was like, okay, this shit's got to stop. Like I can't keep doing this and called my sister and talked to her and cried. And, you know, and, and I remember telling my husband, I, I maybe I need to go to AA. Now this, this was probably I'm 48. So this was probably like 10 years ago. Okay. There wasn't all of this wonderful support, you know? Right. I I had no idea where to go. I had no friends that were sober. My sister was sober. That was the only person I knew that was my age that was sober. My uncle, my dad's brother, was a severe alcoholic, and he was in and out of AA. And so i that's all I knew to do. Yeah. So I pulled myself together and went to a meeting and it was so hard. Oh my God. It was so hard to walk in there. Yeah. And I got home and I was like, okay, this shit's not for me. Like, right. nope. right. Okay, I'm not where those people are. That is not me, you know? So yeah. Trudging forward. I'm just going to moderate. I'm just going to not drink too much. I'm just going <laughs> to make myself notes on my hand, whatever I need to right. do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. And the thing is, Suzanne, and I don't know if you experienced this, but it is fine. A lot of times it was fine. Yes. And that kept me drinking for a long, long time because I would have a really bad night. And then I'd have a couple months where there was, you know, yeah, I might drink, might get drunk, but it wasn't ugly. It wasn't bad. It wasn't fights. It wasn't, you know, so it kept me drinking for a long time. So, um, had another stab at sobriety a couple years later, um, after, um, kind of an embarrassing situation. My daughter, it was actually in Chicago mm-hmm. and, uh, my daughter was playing competitive volleyball and, um, we were, you know, those tournaments, I don't know if your kids are old enough yet, but when you start going to no, those tournaments,
0: I'm scared, I'm scared great. of all the sport things that it I hear
1: legit, like party central for the
0: parents. Like, really? Yes. Oh, my God. oh. Okay. That is okay.
1: Yeah. So it, it was my oldest. She was probably, I think, maybe sixteen. And I had taken her and my second daughter with me. So she was fourteen. We were in Chicago for the weekend for a tournament. And all the parents went out after the dinner. So the girls go with you for a while. Then they go back to the hotel. And then the parents went out. And I just got shitfaced. And I don't know how. Like when? How did it happen? I have no idea. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I didn't think I was drinking any more than anyone else. My husband wasn't with me because he was home with the little ones. One of the dads had to walk me up to the room and I don't remember it. The, my girls put me to bed. Don't remember that. Yeah. Um, it, the next morning was Easter. It was Easter morning and we had planned to go to um, the sunrise for Catholic and we had planned to go to the sunrise service at the cathedral downtown
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the girls woke me up and I knew they were so mad. And I could feel it, but I was in such shame and such, oh, it's the worst when your kids are old enough to know, you know, Yeah. you try to pretend like it took everything in me to like pull myself together and get dressed and go to mass. And, you know, and I'm sitting there in mass. I'm like, please God, don't let, I hope I just didn't ruin my kids. You know, like, it's just, yeah. it's horrible. And, um, and you just pretend like everything's fine. Like you just don't yeah. say anything about it. You just pretend like, everything, oh girl, I'm fine. Oh yeah, I feel great. Everything's good, you know? Right. And we finished that and I had, this was the way that I would make up for things. I would try to, you know, try to do something really nice the next day to like make up for it. So we flew home the next day and we had two tickets in first class and one in coach. And I said, I'll take the coach ticket and you two sit in first class. Mm
0: -hmm. And they thought
1: that was so cool. And I was like, right. I did the good thing, you know? Yeah.
0: You're like, I'm off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Came home from
1: that trip and I was like, nope, I got to be done. So I went back to AA, went to a different group. Okay. I was like, okay, I got to go to a different group. I got to, you know, and I was sober that time for probably, I think about five months Okay, and I was going to AA fairly regularly, a couple times a week, probably, and I met a woman that was about my a uh, little bit older than me, but similar circumstances, and she was very helpful. And there are lots of really helpful things about it, and and it, you know, it, it kept me sober for a few months. My mother in law was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, and. This is how the brain of somebody who's a drinker works. So we're at her house and she's like, do you think it'd be okay if I had a margarita on, on these painkillers or something like that? And would you have one with me? She didn't know I was trying to be sober. So she didn't know. Okay. And then my brain was like,
0: well, fuck yes, I'll have a margarita. Right. Right. You're like, I have to. Of course.
1: Of course I will. So back to drinking. So, that opened it up for another, that was in 2014 and I quit in 2017. So that was three more years of drinking after that. Okay. And lots of different things that, you know, incidents that happened and I got to add to my list, multiple other horrible things that I wish I didn't have to add, but I know you talk a lot about rock bottoms and you know, whether or not you have to have one and I've been really thinking about that. I I think what's interesting about alcohol is I think it takes whatever it takes, and for some people, yeah, it's jail, it's a DUI, it's a whatever. For me, it was an incident that happened at a at a family reunion, and it was. <laughs> It was so soul crushing to me. I didn't even do anything that horrible. It's not like I ripped off my clothes or anything else. Or yeah, but I got really drunk, and my kids saw it. And I woke up the next day, and I just was like, I cannot live in this shame anymore. I mean, I can't. Here's the deal: like, God, I can't. I don't know what the hell to do. I can't figure it out. Yeah, why does this keep happening? Like, I'm trying everything I know to do. And it's just the unpredictability is just I, I can't control it. Um I can't control the unpredictability. So I, I, ne- I was never drinking every day, never drinking in the morning. Mine was definitely binge, mostly on the weekends. I would drink during the week, but I can have a couple glasses of wine while I'm
0: making dinner and it wasn't an
1: ordeal. You know? Yeah,
0: that's so that's what's so interesting that you said that it wasn't every time which is what made it harder to know to stop. It did. Because it's it's not this idea of this like stumbling, hiding bottles all the time, drinking daily, shaking in the morning, drinking to stop shakes. Mm-mm. I think I, I relate to your story more than any other because yeah, you could have two glasses of wine and be fine. Sure. But then you just never knew. Never knew. And looking at you, I mean, you are... So put together. You're just like the picture of perfection. But you know, in in that type A, like, you can just tell that that's not you. That that's the alcohol. And that wasn't you. And so then that, yeah, I, I think that chipping away at acting the way, like, I cannot believe looking at you that you got kicked out of a bar, you know, like you're not the person. Oh my god, oh god. You're not the person who gets, who would get kicked out of a bar. Right.
1: And I think for me, you know, I think that the part that was, um, I can't remember which guest it was that you had on, but one of them was talking about how you know, it was the insides versus the outsides. And so yeah. I don't think that my friends would tell you, I mean, believe me, they, we've had some crazy nights, but everybody was crazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that they would tell you like, Oh my God, Kate had a problem. In fact, right. when I told them that I was quitting, they were like, what are you talking about? Like, you're fine. You know? Yeah. Which also made it harder by the way. Cause you know, I was like, yes. no, here's what you don't know. Like I'm not fine because inside I'm not fine. And I think I posted about it in the Facebook group, but what what really did it for me was my sister just said to me, she's like, you know, you might not drink any more than your friends drink,
0: but they don't hate themselves the way you do afterward. Yeah. I think it was Jill from Sober Powered Mm -hmm. who this reminds me of that, that she was talking about. It's like, Sure, the drinking was a lot, but it's the shame yeah. and the internalizing all of that, that just like, yeah, that's soul crushing. Yeah. And it was the cognitive dissonance of like, knowing that I
1: I am this person. Yeah. And that, you know, God created me to be this person and I have all of this to give and I have, I, I know that I have all this amazing potential and yet over here is the person I feel like.
0: Yeah. And it was
1: just, oh, it was just awful.
0: Yeah. And it turns out it was just the alcohol and it wasn't you because now in five years, I mean, five years sober, that's incredible. Oh,
1: thank you. It, it is incredible. And, you know, at the beginning, I see a lot of posts on the, on, on the Facebook group and stuff about and, you know, one thing I, I really want to share is that like, and I don't know if this was your experience or not, but let me back up. So mm-hmm. when we get sober, I said, Oh my gosh, you know, all the anxiety is better. And the, you know, everything's better. It's wonderful. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. But kind of, it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah. Honestly. It's, yeah. And at the beginning I was like, well, I'm not addicted. I don't have a physical addiction. It's just like, it's just like a psychological thing. Like it's a habit, you know? Yeah. But what I realized when I quit was that I felt so prickly, like I was short tempered and I was just not much fun. I was just kind of trying to just get through the day. And it wasn't like that white knuckling, like, Oh, I gotta have a drink.
0: Right. Right. But it was just like, I don't, I
1: don't feel good. I don't feel like myself. I don't know what's wrong with me, but leave me alone. Like just you know, like that kind of stuff. And I oftentimes when people ask me, I'll say, you know, especially when I was in the very beginning of sobriety, probably that first three months or so, I felt like I was walking around with a sunburn all the time Mm. and anything somebody would say or do was like a slap on the back with a sunburn, you know, it just, it was more intense. It hurt more. I was easily irritated. And quite frankly, I got to where I just went to bed early. I was like, I'm going to go to bed. Totally. I would grab my book. My quitlet. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna take a bath and I'm going to bed.
0: That's so I'm so glad you bring this up because I mean I get slammed for it sometime on Instagram that I make sobriety look easy or to whatever. Which to that I'm like, first of all, if I have 30 seconds to talk about sobriety, it's gonna be something good because of course, you know. But I'm glad that you talked about it because it does make sense that the first couple of months, the first year of sobriety. Is hard because, like, this is – you took away your number one tool yes. for coping, for social anxiety, for anxiety, for sleep, even though you don't sleep well, but still you think you do. Right. For all of this stuff, that's gone. And you don't have new tools yet. Like, you don't know what the hell you're doing you have no idea what you're doing. You've never, you know,
1: all the firsts are hard. The first birthday, the first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving, the first new years, all of that stuff is so hard. And I mean, I, I think that, yeah, you're right. It's you don't have the tools and you're trying, you're literally, for me, I felt like the whole one day at a time thing wasn't as much about like one day at a time of not drinking as it was about like, one day at a time of trying to figure out how to do this. Like, totally, how do I just get through the day, you know?
0: Yes. I think that that's so, like, and the fact that you turn to sleep, I did the same thing. Because it's like, when you don't know what to do, when you're just, like, flooded and and when you're just beside yourself, generally, that means you need sleep. Yeah, and I had so many years of really not great sleep. Right. Because I would
1: fall asleep, and then I would wake up in the middle of the night and my heart would be racing and, you know, I would be so, like, sweaty. And, like, I was I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm in menopause because right. I would
0: wake up and I'd be so, so sweaty. And it really is like, no, just the alcohol is like, get me out of here, you know? Yeah. And And we don't even know what good sleep is. Until we get good sleep. And then you're like, oh, that wasn't sleep, right? Sober sleep is just the best. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. And so at five years now, like how does sobriety feel? And are you, because I think a lot of people in in the group, they ask, you know, am I always going to crave that or want to have a drink or is this going to go away? And so like where you sit now at five years, how does that feel? Well, I think. I really try not to project into the
1: future in the sense of like, am I never going to yeah. have a drink again? Yeah. I'm very, very honest with myself that I don't need, I, I should not drink. I mean, it's just because I think, I think I might be able to go a year or two and be pretty in control yeah. of it. But at some point, you know, for me, I really feel like my, what helps me is I feel like my body chemistry is such, whether that's genetics or it, whether it's physical, my body chemistry is such that when alcohol hits it, just all bets are off. I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. Right.
0: Yeah. And you, you can go back to that list too. Like you have that list, yeah, right? I go back
1: to the list. I go back to the list. I, I try not to project too far in the future. And then, you know, I think I just try to look at like like I have such a beautiful life. And one other thing I did want to say if it's okay, is that because I, I see a lot of questions about it in the group, is that my husband still drinks. Okay, yes. Okay. He does. The beginning was very hard because it was the thing we did together. Yeah. You know, it's been um, a learning curve and it's been a journey. He's very, very supportive of me. Mm -hmm. But I asked him the other day, just because I thought it'd be funny. I was like, do you miss, do you miss me drinking? And he's like, here's what I miss. (laughs) Like, I miss the sweet spot. Yeah. Like that. You know what I mean, like that really great when we're just everything's great. We got a good vibe before it turns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't miss the turn like that. I do not. Yeah, miss, yeah, yeah. You know, but I just want to encourage people that you know your spouse. First of all, it's very personal, so whatever works for your marriage and for your yeah. style of, of communication. But um, we've been able to make it work, and it's um, you know it really. We've had a few bumps in the road, but. It's it's really gone great.
0: That's great. I ours is the same. My husband still drinks, not a lot, but it's like the same. Like mm-hmm. it's it is a learning curve because we're both trying to figure it out. And it's you know I've set a boundary. He honors it and breaks it one, once or twice. What I was gonna say I love your boundary. I I, I don't think my I don't know that my- I know he'll <laughs> break and then we'll talk about it. And then it's I'm like okay, so if you're going to break my boundary, you got to let me know ahead of time. So then that's the new, you know, like you got to give me a heads up, like you got to communicate you can't catch me off guard. And so like, that's a new boundary then. And it's just, yeah, it's it's a, it's a living and breathing thing for sure. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you're talking
1: about you know, just other ways. I mean, I have lots of other like coping things that I do in groups that I'm in, and books that I read, you know, all the stuff that everybody's doing. Yeah. But it's so nice now to have people who are being public about it and yeah. really talking about it because I was all I wanted when I first recognized I had an issue. It was like, I just need to talk to somebody
0: like me. Yeah. And to know that it's not, I don't belong in a dark church basement.
1: No, it never felt exactly right for me. I just didn't have anywhere else to go. So I stayed for about a year. Yeah. And, you know, the girl that was sponsoring me at the time, she she was like, well, you haven't been to a meeting. And I was like, you know what? I think
0: I'm good. Like, I, I appreciate everything that you've taught me. And, and some people love it. And that's great. Yes. And if it works for them, fantastic. I
1: wanted to focus more on like the positive and moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're we really kind of doing that. And she's like, oh, you're going to drink again. And I was like, well, I'm really going to eat all this week.
0: We'll see. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like, come on, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you're just an, an inspiration to me. I mean, I, oh, I, ahead. I love it. I, I'm so honored that you came on and shared your story. I think it's so relatable. I definitely relate to it.
1: Oh,
0: thank you. I think I probably got kicked out of a bar too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, and there may have been more than one, but that's the one that I burned the uh, little time of sobriety. But, you know, um, I think that it's really amazing what you're doing. And I think that people just need to see that it's like, we can do this. And it's actually such a better
0: life. So much better. It really... In the long run, once you get those tools and once you figure out how to deal with all the shit cuz shit comes up, you know. 100%. Once you figure out how to deal with that stuff, I just don't nothing gets worse in sobriety.
1: Right. And honestly, you learn so much and you get to
0: where you're, you know, I I was never good at
1: small talk, which is I think why I I think why drinking was so appealing because I could chat you up if, yeah. you know, if we were drinking. But, you know, I had a therapist tell me one time and at the time I was kind of annoyed, but he's not wrong. He was like, Kate, you're really intense. He's like, you're not for everybody, you know? And I was like, oh my God, that's so But <laughs> he's right. Like, I want to dig deep with you. And yes. if we're at a party and I just met you, I can't do that. Right. So it's like, let's you know, pour a little alcohol on it and, and that helps.
0: And then yeah. get deep. Right, 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 right. Well, we dig deep here and I'm so, we did, we did and we do. Thank you so much for sharing this. I think it's so relatable. It's so relatable Mm -hmm. and I think your story is really important. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. Why are we doing an ad again? So that we can tell people about brand new information, a pop culture and political podcast. Say it in a way that doesn't sound like game show host. Okay, do you want to be in a room of overeducated douchebags and feel comfortable? Brand new information is for you. What's it going to take to put you in this podcast today? We have brand new information on sale for free. Free. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we might not break the political and pop culture news of the week. But we put it right back together for you. That's right. Listen, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us, they have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.